Today we will be talking about the mercy snatchers. And no, I don't mean people that snatch mercy away from other people, but rather people who mercifully snatch others up by saving them from the fires of hell. This is the imagery that Jude is alluding to inside of his letter. Now, clearly, the title of this message references the classic sci-fi movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I'm sure many of you are probably aware of the premise of this movie. Basically, there's an alien invasion going on, and the way that they're accomplishing this, these invaders, is they are abducting human beings, and then they are replacing them with clones, where the only discernible difference between the clone and the human is the fact that they do not have emotions. The clones do not have emotions. Well, the scripture that we're reading today says, Be merciful to those who doubt, snatch others from the fire, and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, at first it sounds very nice, but man, when it gets to the part where it says, Hate even clothing corrupted, uh, stained by corrupted flesh, well, that doesn't sound very nice. In fact, many of you might not think that sounds very Christian. Well, we'll get to that here in a minute. And in fact, for right now, let me assure you that even that statement is merciful. So thus far, Jude has been warning the church about false teachers that have slipped in amongst their ranks. So I guess when you think about it, the whole body snatchers thing wasn't too foreign to the church back then, as these people were posing as Christians. They knew to, how to act like Christians. They knew how to dress like Christians. Uh, but the difference is that they neither adhered to nor did they teach sound doctrines. And this would be confusing because these might have been people that were engaged in certain types of charity work. Problem is, they are indulging in their own sinful desires as well. So in a word, the difference between a false teacher and a true believer is that the false teacher does not fear God. But would I be out of line to say that not everyone within the body of Christ is at the same maturity level when it comes to spirituality. Yeah, you might have these false teachers wandering around doing evil, wicked things, but then you might have people that aren't quite at that spiritual maturity level where they might not appear to be, just from a, a visual standpoint, might not appear to be Christians in your mind, but they're still growing. They're, they're, they've accepted Christ, and they're still growing in a, from a standpoint of spiritual maturity. Something that I have noticed is that within the body of Christ, there actually are people inside of the church that are legitimate super saints. People whose maturity level is incredible. People that I look up to. And I'm talking about run-of-the-mill church people, not even clergy. I'm talking about just normal people that come to church and they tell you about what's going on inside their lives. And you're like, wow, that's incredible. These are some really spectacular Christians to encounter. Others are kind of even keel sort of Christians. It's normal people. They're really good people whose faith definitely stands out when they are amongst um, when they are amongst non-believing populations within the church. Though you might not think twice about who they are, and I don't even mean that in an insulting way. You just might not notice their faith as clearly as with the super saints, so to speak. Um, but uh, amongst non-believers, they definitely stick out because the love of Christ resides inside of their hearts. Then when we read Jude, we are given three categories of churchgoers that I believe Jude is referring to 
in verses 22 through 23. First category is those who doubt. Now these might be people who are believers that are spiritually immature or they are non-believers who are trying to figure things out in their lives. I've come across people of both stripes. And I think that the latter, those that are non-believers looking to figure out life, are more common these days as I've talked to many of them and we happen to live in a pluralistic society. Those who doubt don't have firm footing in faith. I think of people that I've spoken to in the past months that believe that all the religions happen to be worth consideration. How does scripture say that we should treat such a person? It says, be merciful to those who doubt. So let me paraphrase it for you. It's saying to win them over, not by bashing them over the head with the Bible, but by exercising the commands that God gives us. Be loving, courteous, generous, polite. And on the same token, do not forget that the Bible also commands us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that, that is within us. Nor forget that we are called to do the work of evangelists. If Jesus is our Lord and Savior and friend, we should make sure to let people know that he is the driving force behind all of our good deeds and actions. Jude goes on to say, Snatch others from the fire and save them. Now, who is he referring to here? Who is this referring to? I think it's referring, it's referring to those who are falling prey to the teachings of false teachers. Now, in this respect, I do not believe that a true believer will renounce their faith for the sake of false teachings. I think that a true believer will reject the teachings of liars. So, how do we snatch them from fire and save people who aren't being deceived? Well, believe it or not, there are many well-intentioned people that attend church every Sunday for most of their lives that never really had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when a false teacher comes along and starts wooing them, like rats to the Pied Piper, they follow along. Does Jude say to allow them to go along their merry way? Well, no. He says, snatch them from the fire. Do not let them be destroyed. Give them the gospel. Make an appeal. It should break our hearts when people are falling prey to false teachers. It exposes them as not even being baby Christians, but in faith terms, they haven't even been conceived. They have not transitioned from death to life. Nonetheless, we can snatch them from the flames of hell by calling them to repentance. This might come across as offensive, but it is something the church is actually called to do. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 5, 12-13, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. You see, the biblical teaching of not judging people actually needs context. In 1 Corinthians 5, it is clear that we do not judge those outside of the church. They aren't believers. They are not acquainted with the ways of God. 
They are defiant against him because they remain in their sin and have not been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, regarding those inside the church, they are acquainted with the ways of God, whether they truly have faith or not. Thus, they are held to a higher standard. So, if they are being directed away from God by a false teacher, then we ought to remind them of the truth of God's word. And if they reject that, Paul himself says to expel the wicked person from among you. So what Jude is saying is that when a person is being led astray, you need to confront that person. Now, am I, can, am I suggesting that you go around getting under people's skin? No. Am I saying that you should go around with your forefinger extended and a grumpy look on your face so that you can correct every man, woman, and child? No. The assumption is that we inside of the church love one another. And when people are openly living in sin and calling themselves Christians, we should say something about it. And this can be done in a gracious manner. We don't do this because we're mean. We do it because we love them. Christians are to love people because God loves people. And God does not desire that anyone should perish but that all should come to repentance and be saved. So, snatch them from the flames. Toss them a lifeline. If they happen to cut it and fall to their doom, there isn't much you can do about that. After all, the work of salvation is not yours. It belongs to God, and He is the one who truly saves. Now, there remains one more group of people in these verses. The second half of verse 23 says, To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, I warned you that we'd be getting to this, and wow, doesn't it sound extreme? Doesn't it sound ironic? Show mercy, but hate even clothes stained by corrupted flesh. So is this saying to show mercy, but hate them? Jude is not saying that. In this case, these people are deeply immersed in immorality. Some commentators suggest that the imagery being used is that these people are infectious with their wickedness. Notice the author says to show mercy mixed with fear. And what does this mean? Well, when the word hate is used here, it is not talking about an all-consuming emotional response against this person where, you're, where you intend to do them harm, it is a frequent reminder to yourself that by engaging this person, you run the risk of falling to the same sin that they are embracing. Engage them, love them, show mercy, and correct them. I think that this is important to understand. We do not hate people. We hate their actions. We hate the corruption that is spread by people who are brainwashed by a godless agenda. We do not hate the people. This is the work that Jesus did. He came into a world where people were corrupted to the bone. Everyone had been led astray. They thought he was going to be some sort of a military commander and that he was going to kill the Romans. In all humility, 
we need to understand that we don't necessarily have everything right. We want to bring people to Jesus because God gave Jesus for us. No one is too far lost, so long as he or she is willing to repent and believe in Christ as Lord. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. Again, my name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. Feel free to join us on our, for our services at 1030 on Sundays. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.